Welcome to the Jason Wojo Podcast, eight-figure advertiser, marketer, speaker, and mentor who has scaled 50-plus brands to seven and eight figures. Jason went from culinary school dropout to millionaire by the age of 24 and has been featured in major news outlets such as Entrepreneur Magazine, New York Weekly's 30 Under 30, IMDb, NBC, ABC, Fox, and many more. After spending over $10 million on paid ads across various channels and generating his clients and himself over $50 million online, this podcast serves as a beacon to all listeners as a way to educate and give business owners around the world tactical ways to scale their business and make more money. Jason has also built the biggest personal brand online for paid advertising with over 1.1 million followers and has an entire content team posting on Instagram nine to 10 times every single day. Make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern for new episodes and subscribe below and give a five-star review if you like today's episode or a previous one. With that said, let's get right into today's episode. Welcome to the Jason Mojo Podcast. I am here with Thomas Bell. He's the co-founder of ViralStyle.com, one of the largest print-on-demand platforms in the world. Tom has helped pioneer the industry in late 2013 and launched ViralStyle as a way to allow anyone to create and sell customized products worldwide with no risk or upfront cost. ViralStyle has had over 300,000 users worldwide, generating multiple nine figures in revenue. Uh, he is based in Tampa, Florida, just like myself. Um, and yeah, man, welcome, Tom. I appreciate you hopping on here, bro. Hey, buddy, let's go. Honestly, the fact that you live in Tampa after I found out that you're moving, I was like, how did we not connect prior to that? Uh, on, the internet marketing world is still pretty, like, dude, it is. All, it you is. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so it was strange to have some players in the space I didn't know that lived in my own city, man. That was pretty yeah. wild. Well, you know what it is too? It's like, I feel like we're always so busy with our businesses that we always don't get to do everything else. Like, maybe that we want in our lives. And like, that's okay, I guess. Cause like, dude, like you're crushing it, bro. Um, and I have a lot of questions for you as far as like the print on demand space, awesome. because a lot of people will start a business and like their first thing is like printful or like printify or like starting sure. a clothing brand. So like, sure. how did you really get into the space of print on demand? And like, what were like the biggest struggles at first that you kind of like were able to bypass. And now that, you know, allow you to scale to nine figures. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. Print on demand is probably one of the easiest ways to get involved in internet marketing, just because it's, it's a form of drop shipping. Everybody wears t-shirts. It's very, everybody's had an idea for a t-shirt at some point, you know what I'm saying? Um, so the, how it started was back in 2012. I mean, we're, we're talking way before print on demand was a thing really. Um, I went to a music festival, right? I'm at Ultra, first time been to a music festival. EDM trend was really starting to explode then. People were getting super popular. And I'm looking around and just the way my brain works, I was like seeing all these people wearing these crazy t-shirts with different phrases on them and stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, somebody's selling them this shit, right? So I go back from the festival. I'm like, that's a crowd I want to be in, right? I want to be, I want to do festival wear and blah, blah, blah. So I started this company, um, now debunked, but the reason is because back then I just didn't know what I was doing. Right. So I went the old way. I, I bought the products up front. I found a supplier, which is American apparel at the time. I bought all the blanks. I found a printer to print, you know, good quality for cheap. I just had a few basic designs, but when you're talking about the guesswork of how many 
different styles you want to offer, right? T-shirts, V-necks, tank tops, whatever. How many different colors? How many smalls versus larges do I need, right? All that guesswork, I'm out a couple thousand dollars in just inventory. I haven't proven these products at all. I have no idea if they're going to sell. And I still got to sell them. I still got to market these things. So I was doing, you know, you know, I was trying to grow the brand. So I'm throwing parties at clubs and colleges. I'm getting boosted music festivals. I'm like meeting DJs and doing interviews. And I really went for it. Right. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. It just wasn't money-making operation. And back then, you know, my main source of income was real estate. I wasn't able to focus on it because I was focusing so much on the, the t-shirt thing. And it was just so much money up front, uh, that by the time I sold them all, I had to buy more. And it was just, you know what I mean? It was just a, a yeah, cycle. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, you know, had to let it go. Didn't ever really sit well with me. Fast forward a couple of years. One of my real estate buddies was growing uh, a fan page on Facebook for Uncle Cy from Duck Dynasty back in the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was selling products to him because he, he had a couple hundred thousand followers. He was just dropping products on them, selling them, whatever. And this one time he made a t-shirt, but what he did is he just put the design up and pre-sold it. And he made $20,000 that day. And I was like, holy shit thing like <laughs> he just he just fucking solved my issue right that, that was the money up front issue so at that point i went all in this is uh like mid 2013 at the time this is before you know shopify was cool this is before you know facebook ads are really a thing like we were some of the first people to use interest targeting to you know sell people physical products so you know, back then it was really easy because it was the first time a lot of people had even seen a t-shirt on Facebook. And yeah. so we were, you know, we scaled it up to, um, you know, 150,000 shirts in like three months. I think we did like $1.8 million just out of nowhere, just crushed it. Right. And now, now is this all paid traffic? This is all paid traffic. And this is before okay. too. This is like, yeah, dude, there's, this is money in money out. Now, okay. So right now, like running paid ads, it's a lot harder for businesses to really make money on it because like the cost per click is so much higher. Like what was your cost per click back then? Oh dude, we were getting, we would actually do like campaigns. We would get, we would go, we, cause we were building fan pages. So we would just do like campaigns to fan pages for like, and we get like a one cent per, per, per like. Right. What? So we just crush these fan pages and just, Put, build a community on them and then you run ads to the, to the page. So I don't really remember how much you're spending, but you know, we ended up, we would always try and double our money. Right. So, you know, if we were making $10 on a t-shirt, it would be around five, six bucks CPA. And we would scale it as hard as we could until that started. Five dollars CPA, dude. I know, dude. A five dollars CPA. I right know. now that's like a godsend. If you, could pull if you get a five dollar CPA, you're about to woo. Dude. About to woo. But yeah. So, it, you know, long story short, you know, we took, we, my business partner who is the CTO of the company. He's the one that helped me systemize what I was doing and really kind of, you know, scale it up. And I was like, look, there's an opportunity here to like build something for other people to do this. Right. And that's just kind of how it happened. We took the, the proceeds or some of the proceeds to like build the platform out. You know, by that time we had already kind of been recognized in the industry that it was just getting started there in early 2014. And, uh, you know, when we launched the company, we had, you know, hundred top sellers join the join right away. And we went from zero to 3000, 3000 sales a day overnight, um, Jeez. in our first Q4 and, uh, the rest is history, man. Seven years later. So right now, um, if you don't mind sharing, 
like what are the like how many front end buyers do you get a day right now? Uh, we're uh, upwards of ten thousand a day. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So it, okay. So it, is that all user generated content and user generated traffic? Okay. So do you also have affiliates that are obviously, or do you have people buying from you wholesale as well? Like what are the multiple avenues that you've explored as far as like traffic plus like revenue? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's mainly just been seller focused, right? So we don't, we haven't done any, we actually don't even do any internal marketing, which is something that I need to change. But, you know, we grew the business word of mouth. We're part of different communities and stuff like that. But as far as like the sales on the site, it's 100% based on the users. Okay. So you don't run Facebook ads at all right now? No. No. Wow. Do you sell, do you send daily emails? Uh, not daily. Um, yeah, again, dude, look. Wait, wait, dude. Wait you a second. Talk no, about. no, no. Okay. Yeah, so, so. How many emails do you have? Uh, a lot. Don't. Over <laughs> like, 500,000 emails, you think? Like 10 million. But the problem Stop. with that is the problem Stop. with that is no, no, no. Let me pause. This is seven years of business, right? So like those emails from four or five, six years ago, I mean, they're basically worthless. Okay. At right. that point right. you're spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars just to host them, you know, okay, it, so you were I, testing all that stuff, but. Okay. If you have that many emails, it, I hope you realize if you said one email that you could probably make one to two mil on one email. So we, we do send out emails, but it's not every day. Like we send them okay. out like once a week and stuff like that. But we, you're, we, but you're using Clavio, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll talk after this <laughs> and I will do shit completely free for you. All completely right. Completely free. Let's go. And I will set up all your automations and shit because dude, you have that many fucking emails. What the hell? It's gotta be somewhere around dude, one of One of my roommates, his name is Troy Erickson. He's like the email guy in the space. And I see him working with a ton of like, I don't know if you know who Traffic and Funnels is, um, okay. Snow Teeth Whitening. You definitely yep. know Snow Teeth Whitening. I, yeah, I know. I know him, yeah. Um, like he's working with them and doing emails. Like if he was on this call right now, he would be fucking stunned. <laughs> he would literally drop on the floor and start like dying at the fact that you have that many emails. So that we is probably, so we, because we don't send emails to that really old list. So we, we weed them out. Um, so I think we probably in Clayville, we probably have like a million two. Um, and that's, that's, uh, Bro. that's, we break it up by, you know, three months, three to 12 months, not open, not opens and 10. Okay. Yeah, so like yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's separated, but it's, it doesn't produce as much as you, as you do, I think, but you know, yeah. it also is. Just well, you should be, you should be right getting, yeah, you should be getting over a dollar of subscriber. So if you have 1.2, like I'm pretty sure email lists would make more than a mil a month. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely open to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you should get a dollar subscriber. That's usually what like the really good benchmark is. Um, but like for high ticket, like if you're a coach or consultant, then it's obviously a lot higher. Um, sure. But damn, dude, that is crazy. I literally did not expect that. When you said 10 million over seven years, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Um, dude, that's insane. It's, it's wild. Shit. It's wild how kind of like the business kind of transitions a little bit because up until probably about, not even two years ago, it just wasn't even a I thought, right? Cause it was every, we were just so focused on building the platform and, you know, client relations and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So, you know, now we, we released a, a marketplace cause originally we didn't even have a marketplace. Right. So it was just 
you know, we're generating sales pages for them automatically. They're running traffic to a sales page with no navigation, like that whole thing. So when we switched into this marketplace role, you know, the products are listed on there. It's, it re- really needs a lot of work to be honest, but it, once that happens, when we're like, okay, we have this big email list, we should probably be sending emails to them. And, you know, that process has kind of slowly evolved over time. So um, I'm not going to say we're the best at it, but, yeah. you know, there is. Oh, dude, it's all good. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is like, you're not doing any ads at all. So who is your like ideal buyer right now? And like, as far as like AOV and tickets concerned, like if someone comes into your store right now, like who is that ideal buyer? So here's the problem, right? As a marketplace, it becomes a little bit more complex, right? So if we're just okay. a t-shirt brand, if we have a specific niche that we're targeting, it's a lot easier to find that specific demographic and go after them constantly hard and you know find different ways to, to angle it. But as a marketplace, we have 2,500 different categories of, of, of niches in, in, our, in our platform. So when you're talking about from a marketplace standpoint, I've never really found the right way to do like a, you know, top, middle, bottom funnel for something like that. Right. Like maybe we start, you know, category doing just category at a time and stuff like that. And we've worked with agencies in the past um, that were pretty reputable running hundred million dollar, you know, businesses on the side, they build an agency around it. And uh, you know, they set up our, you know, um, the attribution window was wrong. So we were double firing pixels. We thought we were making money and uh, ended up losing $50,000 on that. I don't think you, you don't need an ad agency. I think the biggest thing that I would say is like, dude, I would just set up dynamic, like retargeting catalog ads, put all the products and just literally have a dynamic catalog ad run on retargeting for like $500,000 a day. Cause you're probably getting how many visitors you get a day. Like they're 20, 30,000 visitors. Yeah. At least. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Again, yeah. those are just direct to sales pages, though. So it's not like a, like a marketplace where they can search around. So okay. We conversion optimize the sales pages. So that's the only reason those people are there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's uh, awesome. But so, yeah, you have a, you, so you have a Facebook group too that you basically are putting people in, right? Yeah. So the Facebook group is just like a seller support channel. Um, yeah. You know, people have questions we, when we do announcements, stuff like that. It's really kind of been, you know, self sufficient to an extent. Um, you know, we have in-app chat and all that stuff as well. If they ever have any issues. Um, yeah, it's really just a platform, man. Now, the, what, the biggest question I have actually is a lot of people did not get to start out as early as you did. Not saying that it's like a luck thing, but like you got in at a pretty good time, man, where advertising was so cheap. Right. So right now people are struggling to like even break even on some of their front end buyers and like actually build a profitable business. It's like we're back so in like, 2013 with no pixels. Yeah. Yeah. So like, (laughs) what would you say was like the biggest thing? And there's like multiple factors. There's the marketing, there's the fulfillment, there's the, you know, the offer. Um, and, and then the branding, like, what do you think was the biggest piece that helped it grow so quickly? Like, what did you really grasp? Like, I would say 75 to 80% of your business on. When we first launched, we were one of the only platforms to offer marketing features on the platform. So like built-in upsells, cross-sells, emails, that, that kind of stuff. So that was kind of like our, our call to fame at the time. Um, and it was really a really good timing, right? So there wasn't a ton of competition back then. I mean, the one like Printful and the Teesprings and everybody, they, were, they just came out probably a year prior to us. Um, so there really wasn't 
a lot of buzz around it yet like there is now. Um, so there was a, a you know select group of marketers who were already on the game, already making money and whatever. And I was friends with them. And so it was easy to kind of convert people into to customers. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, offering new products always seems to, you know, get a, uh, a nice boost. Um, but for the most part, there, it's just been kind of steadily growing over time. Um, when you get in, into communities is the biggest thing. So like having, okay. um, you know, a, a group that is all about internet marketing and some guys, the, the main teacher, um, and it's like letting people know this is something you can do and this is how you do it and blah, blah, blah. And that, that's really where we see the most growth. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's, that's insane. Now also, what do you like, what do you really envision this to be? And like, I would, and I'm not a big fan of five-year plans, but I'm just like right now where you currently are, are you trying to build other businesses? What are the things you're getting into right now? Because you're making all this money from this. Like, are you feeding any other giants or are you just focusing and honing in on, uh, this, on this is my thing? main, this is my, this is my ticket, man. So my, my vision for it over the next, you know, year or two, um, I'm probably be looking for an exit here pretty soon, but, um, what I, what we were just talking about with the Facebook issue, you know, we're definitely seeing, you know, the whole industry, as a matter of fact, is seeing, you know, a decline, right. Just because of the fact that, you know, if you're running, you know, ads and you're getting, you can't get any of those intent events, you know, yeah. popping up, you don't know if that ad's working. Right. So people are having to shut their down, their ads down faster because they can't really track what's going on. Um, so, what we're doing now is trying to focus on ways for our sellers to um, put their products in other places. So we're looking to do direct integrations with some of the largest marketplaces in the world, you know, Amazon, Etsy, Walmart, you know, wish all those, those types of platforms so that when they launch products on viral style, it automatically gets listed on all these different platforms. And then we also have like a white labeled system so people can create custom domains on our platform so okay. they can build their own kind of storefronts and everything like that, like kind of a Shopify-esque type of thing yeah. where they all have access to doing those types of integrations as well. Um, and once that's, that happens- that's, that's really good for an exit strategy because that's a huge dude. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> you know, just more sustainable. Um, and that's actually kind of the direction I'm taking my trainings now. Um, and I, And one of the things that also- over the years, I've never came out with a program. I've never came out with a course or whatever. So I've watched how everything's kind of evolved in that space and what people are, you know, selling and everything like that. And it just seems to be a lot of, you know, tools and, and, you know, softwares to like help make it easier or whatever, but nobody's really teaching operations. Right. And, and, you know, probably as well as I do, if it doesn't matter if you're making a shitload of money, if you don't have somebody doing most of the work for you, you're just, you're going to get burned yeah. out. You're going to be pissed yeah. off. It's yeah. in, input output. Right. Yeah. So, you know, my main thing is, you know, going to be focusing on teaching people how to outsource their work to virtual assistants, graphic designers, using project management systems, you know, getting business credit to pay for all of it up front, that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm focusing on right now, because if I can teach people how to do print on demand at scale, and then they also have the ability to, to um, you know, integrate with these large marketplaces. Now we've got, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of products on each of the marketplaces. And that's where I could see long-term um, the business being. So, yeah. The other thing I was going to suggest to you is like, dude, you have all these people who might be top sellers, right? You have a, 
top 1%, top 5% people who are top sellers. Why don't you have like a yearly mastermind where you take these people? Like, I know a lot of entrepreneurs do this now where they do like yearly masterminds and you get like events and like Facebook group access and you put your best sellers and you say, Hey, like you're making 3 mil a year on our platform. Okay. Pay us $50,000 a year. And we'll literally like, you get access to me. Right. Do something like that. Because if you exit, then you could still keep that plus build a community. And then like, you know, like you seem like a really young guy still. So I feel like, and it's hard to like exit from a business and like not be addicted to business. For sure. So I feel like it'd be something cool to like keep you busy. Plus have a nice community when you exit. To be honest, it's, it's come across. I mean, I do events and stuff like that. I mean, we've got a ton of international sellers. Some of our biggest sellers are in like Vietnam, for example. So I have an office over there. I do events over there and stuff like that. The, maybe it's a, maybe it's just me and the way I've experienced print on demand. It's a very cutthroat business. Um, you know, cause it's only, you know, the designs that work, people know about them. They're, they're taking them, they're scaling them, whatever. It's very yeah, kind yeah. of secretive in a way. So in, in unlike kind of like a drop shipping or, or print, like print on demand is still kind of one of the smaller niches of e-commerce. Right. Um, so, you know, it has crossed my mind to do it. And I've also kind of hidden a little bit behind viral style as a brand rather than being the front yeah. guy, which is kind of switching around recently. Cause I'm, I'm starting to see like people want to, you know, they want to, they don't want a faceless corporation that they're working with. Right. So, um, you know, that, that is changing, but you know, over time, I definitely see that happening. Yeah. So I'll do that. Mastermind. And yeah. Cause obviously man, you've accumulated so much wisdom over the years. I mean, geez. Um, just, ah, it's fucking crazy, dude. Um, and then the last question that I had for you and we'll wrap this up, um, was right now, I know that you're focusing on building out this backend to exit. So like people right now, cause I have a list of people who are like pretty decent entrepreneurs who make a good amount of money. So like, what is your biggest thing right now with that exit strategy? Like, what are you looking for in the business? And obviously like how much are you looking to sell it for, um, and like, what are your, I guess you could say like kind of bullet points of what you look for before exiting. Very good question. So when, when you're talking about an exit, you have to be on an upswing, right? You can't be on a, on a down year or anything like that. So you have to be, be able to build the, you know, sustainability also behind you, where if you left, everything still runs completely. So that's really not, we're not in that position yet. Right. So because of the Facebook stuff, we actually had some talks earlier this year with a, a large private equity firm and stuff. And that was kind of some of their same exact uh, questions is like, all right, so what do you guys do from here? Right. You guys have had all the success in all these years. That's great. But Facebook just kind of came down on you guys. What are you going to do? So you have to figure out a way to you know, combat that, which is what I was just talking about with the marketplaces and stuff like that. And, um, you know, continuously get fresh people onto the platform and stuff like that. So in terms of like actually exiting, you have to have some type of strategic partner because there's different ways to do it. Um, so somebody that, you know, let's say, you know, you know, the pie in the sky one is you get, you know, a publicly traded company that just wants your revenue on their books, you know, something like that. Or you get a private equity firm that wants to come in, you know, for a majority or minority stake in the company to help you kind of, you know, give you some old heads is what they call it. 
to, to help you kind of grow it, sustain it and whatever. Um, and then there's the, the, the complete buyouts, you know, or, you know, that, that it's, uh, somebody who needs a platform like yours, who's already, let's say it's like a print facility or something like that, or, a, a you know, promotional company that, you know, wants to be able to, to offer our serve, our type of service for something like that. So there's, there's a lot of different ways it could go. Um, but uh, in terms of valuation, um, because it's, it's difficult because, you know, t-shirts and stuff like that, it's, it's kind of commoditized in a way, but you have the technology piece on top of it and the, you know, the length of the business and, and all the assets and stuff. So, you know, I, I'd probably shoot for, you know, uh, you know, 50 million, I'd probably take 50, um, you know, who knows what it could come out to be. Right. Because if you're talking, like I said, with the valuations of, you know, multiples, you know, if you're, if you get somebody that looks at you as straight technology play, you could be talking about, you know, five yeah. to 10 X versus, yeah. you know, somebody that's coming in and looking at your EBITDA, you know, it's, it's totally yeah. different. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many different ways to do it. Uh, and, you know, we've talked to a lot of people we've, we've, we've gotten LOIs, you know, mm-hmm. in the past and, you know, lost at the boardroom table, for before closing. And, you know, we've been through that process before. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. And I, I, I think that, uh, you know, e-commerce is starting to become even more of a, a big uh, play. I mean, look at Printful. They just got $200 million uh, like a couple months ago. Um, and that really for us kind of just validates our market even more. Right. So they yeah. we know how much money they're making and we know how much money they just got, you know, given, so, you know, we can base ours off of that. So, yeah, dude, man, that's awesome. Honestly, really proud of you. That's like really dope. Um, I appreciate you hopping on here, man. It was that's cool chopping cool. it up, dude. That shit in the beginning shocked the hell out of me. We got to <laughs> talk about that. For sure, man. Um, and then, yeah, man, uh, I'll put their, your, your links down below. Um, and then this will probably be out in the next like two weeks. All right. Well, listen, guys, if you're trying to learn print on demand, you definitely got to hit me up. E-commerce in general, I've been in the game for almost a decade. And I, I, this is the first time meeting you, man. I'm, I wish we would have met earlier, but uh, we'll definitely <laughs> be talking after this. Yeah, no, of course. Not. I appreciate it. All right, man. All right, brother. Have a good one. Peace. Yep.